the clients that are the most coachable and that listen to the advice that we give them, we have the smoothest escrows, we get closed on time, and they are the happiest at the end. In what remains to be a seller's market, you need a knowledgeable agent. Whether you're buying a home for the first time, upgrading, or looking to real estate to build your wealth. Graham Baldwin is the lead buyer's agent at Team Swayze. To get the deal done, you have to have a team that is going to make sure every facet of the transaction is moving along with all necessary details taken care of. You can meet Graham, Hal, JT, James, and Keller Williams Central Coast CEO, JP, at a live podcast event at Milestone Tavern in San Luis Obispo. If you love pub grub, drinks, and having your real estate questions answered, be sure to join us at 5 o'clock on Monday, March 13th. To come to the event, just email hal at Team Swayze, that's S-W-E-A-S-E-Y dot com, to grab one of the few spots left available. Without further ado, your host for the Competitive Edge for Buyers episode of the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with Hal Swayze, James Bueno. Mr. Swayze, how are you? I'm great, James. Thank you. JT, how are you, sir? Just happy to be here. Hope to help the team win, the good Lord willing. Everything will work out fine. Perfect. Thank you, coach. That's from John Turner directly. <laughs> he just said he wasn't going to say his name. No, that's, not, <laughs> that's, his, that's his radio name. Yeah. And then Mr. Kingman is here. Mr. Kingman, how are you, sir? Doing good. Awesome. You know how we're getting more and more popular all the time, and uh, we have a new a guest that we haven't had on uh, the podcast today. Yeah. Don't adjust your volumes or your bass. This is his real voice. Uh, who, right. who, who do we have here? Well, I'm going to introduce Mr. Graham Baldwin. Graham has been a team member for many years here. He uh, works a lot with buyers and with sellers in the marketplace. He's great. Born and raised here in um, Arroyo Grande, so he knows the county really well. Little snippet. I had to double check this, but I fact checked it. It is actually true. He was a U.S. national champion in the triathlon at age eight. Wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, he was in the four-year-old division, uh-huh. but he still won at age eight. Right. Well, yeah. he, he was probably six foot eight at that time. <laughs> Graham, welcome Graham, to the podcast. Graham, you can talk. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah. Having me. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Graham is, really specializes, does a great job with buyers. If you go to our website and see the reviews, um, yeah. you'll see that he's a really, really great asset for anybody thinking of buying a home. So we thought we'd talk about that process. Yeah, perfect. So, so Graham, do you want to just kind of fill us in, uh, you know, what you do, how long you've been here at Team Swayze and just kind of something that you want to let everybody know about you? Been here with Hal for about five years now, uh, coming up in April. I specialize in helping our buyers locate a home and then guide them through the process of negotiating a contract, getting into escrow, and getting the home sold for them. So, Eddie's awesome. Besides being super tall, an athlete, awesome. Does a lot of good stuff for us, right? He's, he's a great guy. Oh, yeah. He's a leader in the company. Yeah. And, and I, I know he's very creative in getting deals done. I'm not going to reveal his secrets. That'll be up to him. But <laughs> No, I, no, yeah. no do that. I, I just had a nice gentleman, you know, that was uh, another realtor. And it was very kind of him. He goes, oh, I love your podcast. You guys are doing a great job. And I went, oh, okay. Well, must have not heard one of the first 20 or 30. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get started. Uh, Hal, um, let's talk about our conversation today. What do we got? Maybe John will lead it because we talked about this together. John, you you, you kind of lead this show here. I mean, the goal is, is to give our listeners information that are thinking about buying and how Graham helps people through the process as he was talking about. So there's really three types of buyers as I think about it, that you probably work with Graham. You work with new buyers, right? First time buyers, right? You you work with people who have to sell their house before they can buy their next house. And then you work with investors, right? Mm -hmm. Those are kind of the three main places where you, you find your clients. Buyers who don't need to sell, buyers who might need to sell, and then folks buying just as an investment. What's it like working with a first time home buyer? (laughs) Working with a first time home buyer is, it's, it's a great experience. Um, 
you, you know, they're excited, they're uh, anxious, they're nervous, um, but they're very, usually very coachable, which is, which is great. So, um, you know, in this market, you have got to be coachable because it's a competitive market still. Um, so, you know, working with them is, is, is really magnificent seeing them, you know, bringing them to the closing line and getting them their keys. That's a real joy for me. It's almost like a graduation or a commencement or something because, right. you know, getting that first house and it's like, oh, okay, I, I can do this, right? Because right. exactly. that first one's the scariest. It's a big hurdle. Yeah. But like any graduation, there are bumps in the road to get there. So yep. let, let, let's talk about, you know, a buyer for the first time making an offer on a property. I'm, I'm sure there's some nervousness. How do you help prepare them for the offer? And, and then what happens if their first offer is rejected? You know, first of all, preparing them, there takes a lot more coaching nowadays than it did maybe even three or four years ago because of we're seeing overbidding and, uh, you know, a lot more offers on each home. Three, four years ago, you put an offer, you maybe had one or two of the people you're competing against. You, you kind of knew where you were. Today, you might have 10 people you're competing against and it's really scary. You don't think you have a shot. It's not the case. As long as you ask the right questions to the listing agent and get the right information on where we need to be so that both the seller of the home they're purchasing can get the best offer and our clients can write the best offer. That's the, that's the goal at the end of the day. I think you set a world's record last year, didn't you? Where there were 26 offers on one property and, uh, and your clients got it, right? They sure did. Yeah. Yeah. A big part of that first home purchase is, is fear, right? Fear of loss, fear, you know, just like a big commitment, all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. How do you coach people or, or advise them when they have that? Cause it's natural. It's going to happen. I don't care who it is. Right. I don't think I've ever met anybody about their first house. that wasn't a little bit fearful. First time home buyer or 10th time home buyer. Right. We're, all, we're all a little fearful that we're making a mistake. Exactly. Right? First of all, I think it comes down to being in touch with a really good lender. What's, what are most people normally afraid of when buying a home? You know, losing money or too much or can't can yeah, I get afford it. Right. Yeah, anyway, right. Can, I make, can I make these monthly payments? Right. And so if they're in touch with a really good local lender that can walk them through the process and they know exactly what their down is going to need to be, what their rate's going to be, what their monthly payment's going to be, and they have a good understanding of that, then they're more comfortable, right? You take a lot of that unknown away. And at that point, we know what we're looking for and we just keep inside that parameter. And then we should, you know, we don't venture too far out in terms of price. Right. We should be just fine. Yeah, I heard you say local lender. What's the difference between using a local lender and one of the national brands? You know, we are a small town. Um, local lenders, they have the recognition and the track record to close. To win the contract, we need to have tight time frame. And what I mean by that is contingencies are shorter, time frames are shorter. And so a lot of times national lenders, they can't perform on those shorter time frames. And they also draw from a different appraiser pools. Appraisals will get backed up two, three, four weeks when we need to have an appraisal done in 10 days. You know, that is a huge proponent to being your, getting your offer accepted and closed is having a strong lender attached to it. And then also when you submit that offer, you have that letter along with it. And what that letter states is, hey, look, at, we've pre-qualified this person and that listing agent now knows, wow, okay, I've seen this lender in town, I know they can close. I know who... Joe Schmo is over here at, you know, at the local lender. I don't know who Billy Bob at USA Lending is. They've got the track record. As someone who works with sellers, if, if I get an out-of-town lender, I've, they could be the best lender in the world. Right. But if they're in San Francisco, you know, it's, uh, hey, can I help you? They're just at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And I look at that, and if I get somebody that says, oh, I'm going with this good person, local or not, you know, I know that, right. and, and I feel confident going, Let's not worry about the loan because I've talked to this person and I know they do a good job. And there's several, you know, in, in the community that do that. But that's a really good point, Graham. Graham Baldwin, he knows his stuff. How do you help people not overpay for property? 
I, I always say, hey, look, at my, my job is to get you guys the best price for the house, but also my job is to get you the house. At the end of the day, especially in a market we're coming from where people are bidding fifty, seventy-five, hundred thousand dollars over market, that can be scary and you think, oh, wow, am I overpaying for this property? I like typically will set them down and talk to them and say, hey, look at this house. Yeah, it's right now there's 15 offers on it. We're, you know, you're going to have to come in at about 105000 over ask price to get it. And they're going to say, oh, wow, well, well, aren't I overpaying? Well, if you don't get this house at $105,000 over asking price, the next guy's going to get it for 100000 over asking price. What is a house worth? A house is worth what somebody's willing to pay for it, right? At the end of the day, it's about how much you can afford and if you can make that monthly payment, like I said earlier. If you can afford the $100,000 over ask price and you can make that monthly payment and you're going to have a house to live in with your family and, you're gonna, and, and you've got tax benefits and you've got all these, you know, you've got the joy of being a homeowner, is that worth it to you? And if the answer is yes, shoot, let's go for it. But if it's gonna if it's gonna put you uncomfortable and you can't make those payments and it's gonna stress you out and no let's reset and instead of buying an eight hundred thousand dollar house for nine oh five let's go for a seven hundred thousand dollar house and pay eight oh five for it. We're not even seeing that much of that anymore, right? No. So now no. it's just like I mean, what I see as a listing agent sometimes a property sits for a couple of weeks and people are kicking tires and they go, oh, I'm kind of interested. They wait and the next thing you know, then there is another offer. Right. So even two offers is really good for a seller, but we don't have as you know many anymore. But even still, it's just sometimes the victory goes to the bold who are the first ones to step up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I looked this morning and there are still homes going for over the ass price, just Hello. not as many as there were a year ago. Yeah. If a home is competitively priced in this market, there's still enough buyers to drive it over. Is it going to go 100000 No, most likely not. Um, but it will still go over if it's competitively priced um, just because our supply is still so low. Now, now you talked about the joy of home ownership, Graham, and... Uh, if I've got this right, you've got three kids under 10. <laughs> I sure do. Yeah, I've got twin nine-year-olds, boy, girl, and then a little uh, boy who's six will be turning seven here shortly. So, yeah, we're in a chaotic household. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me make you feel better. Children of homeowners have better test scores than children of renters. So just to make you feel a little bit better about your chaos at home. Jeez, my parents must have been renters then. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of a tough one, I think. And, uh, you know, the buyer who needs to sell... In order to buy, Graham, that would seem like that's a, a tougher, tougher avenue to travel. It can be, yes. Though there are a lot of options today, and Hal can attest to this as well, because you know he, has, he, he deals with this a lot. Is um, back to getting in touch with a good local lender. If you've got enough equity in your home, you can bridge that loan, and you can come in with a cash offer and replenish those funds after you sell later. So that's an option that many of our clients are taking advantage. We are in a market in which a contingent offer just unfortunately is not very acceptable um, right off the bat at least what, what, what do you mean by a contingent Sorry. offer? yeah so contingent offer meaning that i need to go you know here is my offer to buy your house though i need to sell my house first before i can actually close on this house and i'm going nah I'm, i'll find another buyer for my house right I, exactly yes so you get them in touch with the lender so they can always see if they can buy first Correct. Right. Bridge yep. loan, whatever, buy without selling, that sort of thing, sell later. Yep. And then we have some other options, right? We have guaranteed purchases on a home. We do, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So we have access to do that, which kind of is a nice advantage. And then I guess from a seller's perspective, some people go, I don't want to buy till I sell. I want to know how much I'm getting for my house, which I get. What would you say to that buyer? How would that seller protect themselves if they go, hey, I want to know if I'm going to get 850 or 825 or 950 for my house before I decide to go purchase something or make an offer? 
I'm actually in that situation right now with some clients and they're in a, a different market than we are in. You know, they're out coming out of the Central Valley where that market is doing a lot of different things than our market is doing currently. You know, I'm right there alongside with them saying, hey, yeah, I don't want you guys overreaching because if you, you know, because your house hasn't sold yet and you end up selling it for $25,000 less or, or whatnot, what's going to happen? It's a hard conversation to have. Um, you, what, what I typically say is, okay, well, you know, Let's find out what your must-haves are in a house and then go look for those maybe at a slightly lower. Let's say they can afford a million dollars. Right. Hey, let's just start looking at some $900,000 homes. Yeah. Let's not look at the million-dollar mark yet because maybe we'll find something in the 900000 that you like and it's going to be perfect and we can move in now. Maybe that buys us a little time. The house goes into escrow. Okay, great. We've got, you know, now we know where we're at. Okay, now we can bump up that, that search a little bit. If they need to, yeah. If they need to, yeah. And it's a little tough for you, especially like an out-of-town seller or owner, right, coming from the Central Valley. Hopefully their agent has told them, hey, can you get this thing on the market and just give them a longer escrow, give us time, or do a rent back. Right. So we see those things happen. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Re and rent backs are pretty common now. Yeah, and we're seeing are. We're seeing that, you know, a lot more than we did, again, three, four years ago. Buyers just want to get into escrow. To get them in, they're willing to let that seller have... 30 days, 60 days of, of rent back and sometimes even free. They just want to know they got a place to go, right? Exactly. Yeah. What's the common escrow? Is it 30 days now? Is it 15? Like, what is it? 21 days. 21 it, days. Yeah. So obviously cash, we can go faster. We can go 10, 15 day escrows with cash. Uh, but a lot wow. of times even cash will just go 21. Most lenders now to be, to be a competitive lender in this market, uh, most of them are all saying, well, yeah, we can close in 21, even wow. less if they need to. So I haven't done a 30 day escrow in a very long time. 40, wow. 45 is basically obsolete. Back, back in the old days, Hal, when you were, when you were selling a, a buyer's agent, what was the common escrow time for you? Well, we had to cut down the trees to get the paper for the contracts. <laughs> you carved yeah. the stone. Yeah, the stone for yeah. the offer. And then we'd fax it, you know, and then right. we'd lose the page. Yeah. No, I mean, four, 45 days, you know, the, yeah. So the lenders now, and not everybody can do that, so you know. I mean, we, yeah. we have the benefit of identifying who's really good and fast and right. gets everything organized. Right. So that so a lot of your buyers, Graham, they don't even need a loan contingency because they're just fully approved, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we rarely write in any loan or appraisal contingencies into our offers. So Yeah. And also, uh, everybody likes working with Team Swayze, too, so it, it helps. We would like to be like those lenders that have a good reputation that yeah. that we can get it through and nobody's going to lose their head. And we're going to make sure that we all you know work yeah. cooperatively. So, yeah. What could hold up an escrow or delay? The buyer themselves not being organized, not uh, getting the information they need to the lender. Most people, if you've ever bought a house, you're probably annoyed because how many documents you have to give to your lender about five times and then you're about to close and they say, okay, well, we need five more documents. So um, you really need to be on top of uh, getting everything you need to that lender in a timely fashion. They're trucking to close in 21 days. Communication and being able to, you know, doing the home inspection and then coming back and realizing, okay, well, what do I want for repairs? And sometimes that can take a little bit longer than we, than we hope for. So that's why I really try to go through the process with them beforehand and say, okay, right when we get that inspection report back, we sit down, go over every item and have, you know, have some sort of request or what, whatever we need uh, within the next 24 to 48 hours rather than sitting on the report for a week. Now we're, you know, in a corner having to come up with what we want to ask for a request if we are going to you know, within a day, you know, just being timely, you know, going by the time frames. As long as you got someone coaching you, it's pretty easy. We recently, San Luis Obispo, because of all the rains, we were a disaster area. A lender who's in Minneapolis, the underwriter's looking at that and goes, well, San Luis is a disaster area. How do I know the house is still there? So we had to go get a picture of the house. Let yeah, well, here it is. There's so many variables in the financing portion yeah. of it. And we got delayed four or five days on one. Everybody was fine. Right. But it's just like, Here's, it's still here. I mean, the rain stopped two weeks ago, but show us a picture that it hasn't rolled down the hill. 
So I'm a first-time buyer, Graham. Do, do I go find myself a lender first, or do I find you first? You find me first. Why? I'll give you options for lenders, right? Right. So I'll let you know who, you know, refer you to that I would, you know, recommend you use. Mm -hmm. So you want to find your real estate agent first. You want to then go to, you know, talk to them about getting pre-qualified. You use who you want, but we'll just let you know who, we, you know, who, do, who does the best job and set you up for success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, after that, we just go shopping for homes. Yes, the question, what causes a problem with an escrow? I've seen it in the past where when the client didn't listen to you, have you ever had a, an example of where the client kind of went off on their own and it caused themselves a, a, a problem? Listening to their brother-in-law? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Buy, buying a new car while they're in escrow? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, brand, brand new Corvette, had that happen before. Luckily, they had enough money, it didn't matter. But um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of times what will happen is, you know, we'll, we'll refer them a lender, right? And then they, they go, yeah, we're using your lender. Great, great, awesome. They start the process. And then, of course, you, you know what happens when you start, when you start opening up a loan? The phone starts ringing, the emails start coming in from every mortgage lender across the country saying we can give you a better rate. Right. And then all of a sudden they jump and they say, oh, well, why, I'm, I'm going to go to this guy over here because he says he can get me, you know, the, you know another save me nine dollars. Exactly. Exactly. So they go to them, they jump ship, they start working with these people. They realize, wait, this person hasn't even pre-qualified me yet. Oh, wait, never mind. Now my rate's higher than the first guy. And now we're two weeks later down the road and we haven't gone anywhere because they're trying to shop the rate to save, like you said, how nine bucks. That's a huge problem. And we see that often. I try to coach the clients up front saying, hey, this is going to happen. You're going to start this process and everyone's going to promise you in the world. Um, but, you know, just stay the course. This is your best opportunity here. Um, all you're going to do is just get distracted and it's going to put us you know, behind our time frames and, and potentially, uh, you know, screw up the deal here. Honestly, the clients that are the most coachable and they listen to the advice that we give them. We have the smoothest escrows, we get closed on time, and they're the happiest at the end. I don't think people understand the variability or difference between the skill sets of people in our industry, whether it's a home inspector, a lender, a real estate broker. I mean, I had an example, we had a listing and, and good buyer, 30 days in, the lender from Orange County couldn't get them approved, and the sellers had a timeline. We grabbed the file and we gave it to Steve Danelli, I think it was with Envoy Mortgage, took it. And within four to five days, he had them approved. And the sellers were like dying on the vine, worried, stressed, and then four days. So, so the point is, there is a vast difference. So we take our recommendations very, very seriously. When any of these other people in the process don't do a good job, it reflects poorly on everyone involved. And we just can't afford that. So all this talk about loans makes me wonder, isn't it more fun to work with a cash buyer? <laughs> Some of us can't pay cash for a house right now, JT. Sorry. But if you look at the percentage of, of transactions today versus a, a year or so ago, aren't they more sure. cash today than they were then, Al? Yeah. Okay, so let's shift gears. <laughs> okay. Talk about how, how it's maybe a little bit different and maybe what's the same about working with uh, an investor buyer. <laughs> Investor buyers can be entertaining. Um, <laughs> every, everyone likes the idea of an investor buyer, right? You think, oh man, lots of cash, quick close, gonna, you know, this is gonna be easy, right? Because they're experienced. Not so much. Um, you know, investor buyers are looking for a deal. Um, they're looking for below market. They're not wanting. They're not paying a hundred thousand dollars over asking price for a house. Investor buyers, we haven't seen a whole lot of them over the last two years. They've been pretty quiet. They are starting to come back out now. Most of them are not very coachable because they think they know, you know more than you. 
but there's also investor buyers that are very coachable and are, are ready, ready and willing to do what you say. They're kind of a wild card. It's hard to get them into contract. And they can also be very hard to keep them in contract. They usually have different parameters depending on what they're looking for. Then there's 1031 buyers. Can you explain 1031? Yes, it's of course. Layman's terms. All right. So a 1031 buyer is somebody that's got an investment property somewhere that's a non-primary residence. That's, that's, they're renting out somewhere and they want to sell it, but they don't want to take the capital gains hit once they sell. So what they can do is they can do a 1031 tax deferred exchange where they put their money into the third hand of an accommodator after the sale of their home. And then they go and try to replace those funds into another property tax-free. And there's timeframes involved. I, I have to stop you because everybody kills me when I say it because I say the same thing. Tax deferred. It's not free, right? But tax you don't deferred. pay taxes for yourself. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not free. Yeah. Exactly. Tax I'm deferred. A, we're going to have a bunch of accountants calling us going, it's right. not tax-free. <laughs> it's not tax-free. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So we deal with that still pretty regularly. Does that change the, the climate of the transaction because they have a... They've got a time frame which they have to meet. 45 days to identify a property, and then they've got six months to close on that property. Long time to close, because we can close in 21 days, but uh, that 45 days for identification is, is tough. And you can identify up to three properties. So if one doesn't work out, you still have the two more that you identified. 1031 exchange is tax deferred. Thank you, Hal. What, what costs are associated with it uh, besides taxes but to do the exchange? Who, who do you pay? You pay the accommodator. So the money... Is not supposed to touch the investor's hands. So then you go to a third party where, where the money goes. Right. And that accommodator, that third party. You're paying that person. You pay that person. It's, which, it's a, which is much less than paying taxes on a million dollars. Much less. Graham, thank you so much for being here. A lot of great information. You, you got all of our wheels turning. You got my wheels turning. Will you be my agent? I think I'm going to pass Hal up and uh, <laughs> be my buyer's agent once I'm looking for a house. Not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> We're not. not no, I'm not even going to say it, Hal. Uh, all right. And man, what about that? That radio voice, jeez, he makes us all sound bad. I know, Graham. He can yeah, get a job in radio. You, you got a face for radio, bud. Look out, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you very much, Hal. Appreciate you being here, JT Graham, and Mr. Kingman. Uh, another great episode. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the House Wazy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. It comes out every Monday, so check for it in your feed for the latest information on the San Luis Obispo County market. The Slow County Real Estate with House Swayze podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and on HouseSwayze.com, where you can find current listings and other real estate tips. HouseSwayze.com, that's H-A-L-S-W-E-A-S-E-Y.com. I am James Bueno, Director of Marketing for the House Swayze Group. If you're looking for anything real estate, give us a call. 805-781-3750. Meet Graham, Hal, JT, James, and Keller Williams Central Coast CEO Jay Pete at a live podcast event at Milestone Tavern in San Luis Obispo. If you love pub grub, drinks, and having your real estate questions answered, be sure to join us at 5 o'clock on Monday, March 13th. To come to the event, just email hal at Team Swayze, that's S-W-E-A-S-E-Y dot com, to grab one of the few spots left available. Hal Swayze is a licensed California real estate broker. DRE number 01111911. The Slow County Real Estate with Hal Swayze podcast is a production of AGM Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.